Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Well, today, not only do we come to the end of our 21-day fast, although I want you to know that if the Lord is asking you to go longer, I want to encourage you to do it. Do it. There is something that God wants to do. There is something that God is still doing. And don't cut the process short. I know you're tired of the salads. You're tired of the, of the vegan food. You're tired of, of peanuts and fruit. But let me tell you something. Every time you eat something that, that you say, this is not what I want to eat, but I know that this is what I should eat, the Lord accepts that as an offering of sacrifice. And it is pleasing to him. So although today we come to the end of the fast, some of you are going to continue and we want to pray for you. But today we also come to the end of our series and we've been talking about breakthroughs. We believe that many of us need a breakthrough. And if you don't know what a breakthrough is, it's it's a spiritual shift. It's a spiritual advancement. It is God showing up and showing down in our lives. And we need a breakthrough because there's areas that we've been dealing with for a long time, for many years. And maybe we've prayed and maybe maybe we We've asked for help, but but we haven't been able to advance in those areas. So during this fast, we have been preparing ourselves. We have been seeking the Lord. We have been hearing from the Lord so that God can give us that breakthrough in our lives. And I believe that there's marriages that are going to change. And I believe that there's healing that is going to happen. And I believe that that there's divine provision that is going to take place. And I believe there's doors going to be open. And that's what we've been talking about. And, And we've been talking about this king named Jehoshaphat. And we said that Jehoshaphat was a good king. He was a king that, that, that loved the Lord, that did things according to the Lord. But in spite of being a good king, he found himself in a very difficult situation. He found himself surrounded and being attacked by a vast army. In fact, let's read those, passage, those uh, verses right there in your bulletin. If you would take out that white paper, that outline. Um, you can follow along with me. In 2 Chronicles 20, verses 1 and 2, says the following. It says, after this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and, and with them some of the Meunites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Okay? Some of the men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazon, that is, and Gedi. And, and I've explained this in our past few weeks, which are available on our podcast and our website if you're interested in listening to them. But this was a big deal for Jehoshaphat because not only was his kingdom, not only was his people, not only was his family, not only was the place that God had put him in, but his own life were at risk. If this army came, they were going to kill him, they were going to kill his wife, they were going to kill his children, they were going to kill everybody, and they were going to take over the land. And this was a vast army. It was huge. So Jehoshaphat, did, he did a couple of things, but we're focusing on three things that he did that led him to receiving a breakthrough from God. 
And the first week, and you can fill this out in your outline, the first week we talked about the first thing that Jehoshaphat did that got him a breakthrough, and that is that he responded to his situation by seeking God. He did not complain. He did not um, get all crazy. He did not go on Twitter. He did not go on Facebook. He decided to seek the Lord. And to seek the Lord means that you set your mind and heart on God. That you give your affection, that you give your attention over to God. And during the last 21 days, that is what we have been intensely doing and we will continue to do for the rest of the year. And then last week, we spoke about the second thing that Jehoshaphat did that got him a breakthrough. And that is, and you can fill this out in your outline, that he was open to hear from God. Not only did he seek God but he was open to hear from God. And we spoke about the fact that God doesn't always speak audibly. He can, but he rarely does. But God does speak through us. How? Through our thoughts. When we spend time in the word, when we spend time in prayer, when we are worshiping, God's spirit will speak to our spirit and he will put thoughts in our heart that come from him. And today, I want to talk about the third thing that Jehoshaphat did. Now, by the way, all these three are connected. If you want a breakthrough, you got to do all these three. And you can't do the second one without the first one. And you can't do the third one without the second and the first one. And the problem is that most of the times, we only do one of them. We only kind of come to church. Well, I need from God, but we're not open to hearing from God. Or sometimes we hear God, but we're not seeking him and we're not doing the third one. And what is the third one? Here's the third thing that Jehoshaphat did. Fill this out in your outlines. He obeyed in faith. Jehoshaphat not only decided to seek the Lord, not only did he hear from the Lord, but he obeyed in faith. Now, what does faith and obedience have to do? Well, here's what I want to do today really, really quickly. I'm going to try to hurry up, okay? First, I want to give you a theological foundation, okay? I'm going to smack your hand a little bit and correct you a little bit, okay? Because when it comes to obedience, I think the church is getting it wrong, okay? But, but after I do that, because I'm a good spiritual father and I'm a good pastor, I'm going to give you some encouragement why you should do what the Word of God says, why you should obey. Is that all right? All right. So first, I want to do a little bit of correction. And Paul said, you know, correct, rebuke and encourage. Okay, so I'm going to do that this morning. Is that all right? Okay, and I'm going to do it because I love you. You know, when you tell your kids, I'm only doing this because I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't I wouldn't correct you. I wouldn't take the game away from you. Is that all right? Okay. so what is what does obedience and faith have to do with one another? Well, let me ask this question a different way. Can you have faith without obedience? Can you believe in God without doing what God says? If you look at America, if you look at America's religious person, you would think the answer is what? I believe in God. I don't do what he says. I don't live like he wants me to, but I believe in him. You cannot, you cannot, not, not have faith and not obey. You cannot say you believe in God and not do what God says. And the problem is that many people believe. Many people have faith, 
but they don't obey. Oh, I don't need to be loving to my spouse. I just got to believe God can change them. That's easy. I don't need to be disciplined with my finances. I just got to believe God will provide. Here's another one. I don't need to live like Jesus. Just got to believe in Jesus. Faith or believing without obedience. You ready for this? Is useless. It's useless. It's a waste of time. I'm not saying that. The half-brother of Jesus is saying that. I'm going to show you. Okay? James, the half-brother of Jesus, said the following. Look at what he says in the letter he wrote in uh, chapter 2, verse 20. He says, do, do you want to be shown, you foolish person? A foolish person believes that all they need to do is believe and not obey. It's like buying a treadmill and believing that you can lose weight with it, but never getting on it. Which is what many of us have done, right? Or, or let me say it in a more relevant way. It's like believing you need to go to the gym to be healthier and buying the membership, but not going. What is that? Foolish. It's useless. Look at what he says. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is what? Useless. Now, I want to make it very clear. We are not saved by our obedience. We are not saved by what we do. But here's what you need to understand. Faith, which is what saves us, needs to produce obedience. Faith needs to produce obedience. Look at what Hebrews 11, 7 and 8 says. It says, because Noah had faith, he built a large boat. Because Abraham had faith, he obeyed God when he called them to leave his home. Faith needs to produce obedience. If we're not obeying, we don't really believe it. We don't believe it. And let me just go a little bit deeper so you know this. To disobey is to disbelieve. You know why many people don't obey what God has to say? Because they don't really believe it. I don't need to tithe. That's old school. I don't need to forgive everybody. That's impossible. They don't really believe. You want to tell you something? You might not like me or you might like me less after this, but it's okay. God still loves me. I know what people really believe by what they do. Not by what they say, by what they do. I could tell which of you really love your spouse. You go on dates. You treat her nice. You buy her stuff. I know which of you, which of you, Really give priority to God because it's evident in what you do. You know, it's just a thought, and it might be a crazy thought. But as a Christian community in this nation, we probably wouldn't have to be telling people that don't believe in Jesus what we believe if we only lived what we believed. We wouldn't have to 
we wouldn't have to tell a non-believing world that abortion is wrong if we weren't doing it. So, yeah, it's quiet, I know. It's all right, I'm not going to stay there, okay? Second thing. So, you can have faith and not obey, but the other thing, too, is that the Bible is very clear that obedience is the way of life for the Christian. Let me say that again, because some people didn't get it. Obedience is the way of life for every Christian. In fact, you want me to tell you something? Obedience is proof of your salvation. Look at what Hebrews 5.9 says. He planned, talking about God, and made it possible for all those who what? Obey him to be what? Saved from the punishment of sin. There is no salvation. There is no eternal life. There is no heaven without obedience. Because obedience is the outcome of faith, of believing that what God says is true. And obedience is so important in salvation, in our eternal life, that, that listen, it was disobedience that cut our relationship with the Father. And it was the obedience of God that restored our relationship to the Father. You know why only Jesus can be the way to the Father? Because two big important things. Number one, only he was God. And number two, only he fully obeyed without sinning. So his obedience is substituted for our disobedience. And now our relationship is restored to God. Now, his substitutional obedience is the foundation of our salvation. But it is our personal obedience that is the road to our sanctification. Let me look at, look, look at what Romans 5.19 says. Adam, and we're all represented in Adam. Adam did not what? Obey God. And many people became what? Sinners through him. Christ obeyed God and made many people what? Right with himself. Listen, if you're a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian... Obeying God needs to be the way we live. I don't know if you've ever caught this, but even in the great commission, in the last words that Jesus said before he ascended to heaven, you remember what he said? Look look at what it says right there in your outline in uh, Matthew 28, 20. He says, and teaching them to what? Believe? To obey everything I have commanded you. So I would want you to know this morning That if you believe, your belief needs to produce obedience. And that that obedience is the way of life of every true believer. Now, let's go back to Jehoshaphat. So I could give you three things that will happen to you when you obey God. Amen? Look, here's... So Jehoshaphat, he seeked the Lord, he heard from the Lord, and he also obeyed, okay? Let's first hear, let's first look at what he heard from God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 15 and 17, right there in your outlines, look at what it says. This is what the Lord says. 
Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged by this mighty army, okay? Very quickly, fear had to do with looking at other people. Discouragement had to do with looking within himself. And what God told Jehoshaphat is don't look out and don't look within, look up, okay? Don't be afraid, do not be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours but God. Now, let me stop there a little bit. Put your finger there. We love to hear that. God is going to fight for me. God is my defender. God is my provider. God is my justice. And he is. But there's a following sentence to that. Okay? Here's what it says. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will not even have to fight. And many of us would say, well, if this is your battle and I'm not fighting, why do I need to go? Because he's God and that's what he wants you to do. Because he's sovereign. And he wants you to obey. Look at what he said. Let's continue reading. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. And I would want you to know that church this morning, whatever you're going through, God is with you. God is with you. Oh, people in Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. So that's what Jehoshaphat heard from God. What do you do when God speaks to you? You, you Facebook it. You Twitter it. You go, you go and you get a tattoo of it. What do you do when God speaks to you? Here's the one thing you do. You believe it. And because you believe it, you obey it. Verse 20. Early in the morning. This guy didn't delay. He didn't procrastinate. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have what? Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. Three things will happen when you obey God in faith. And I say obey in faith because God will ask us to do things that we have not seen yet. And that's what faith is, is the assurance of the things that we hope for are going to be true. Okay? So three things will happen really, really quickly. When I obey God in faith, number one, I will be upheld. I will be upheld. Some versions, or, or that passage says, have faith in the Lord, the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Another version says, you will be able to stand firm. You will be made strong. You will be established. Let me tell you what that verse means. Here, here's, here's what Jehoshaphat was saying. When you obey God in faith... God will vouch for you. Have you ever had somebody with more authority than you vouch for you? Right? Like maybe you're, you're, you're getting ready to go out and your dad says, where do you think you're going? And you say, mama said I could go. Let me get out of there because I'm going to get in trouble with some people. See, the devil and his posse can come after you. The devil and his minions can try to attack you. But when you obey God, it sets up the devil to be punked. 
Because God will vouch for you when you obey. Look, let me show you this really awesome verse. This is one of my favorite passages. Jesus, in the Sermon of the Mount, he finishes his sermon. He finishes his instructions of how a Christian ought to live with the following words. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. Okay, here's what it means. Just because you obey doesn't mean the devil won't attack you. But here's what it does mean that even when he throws the worst at you, look at what Jesus said. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. It is when we obey that the enemy can attack us, but our house will not fall. I think it's time we start talking to our problems. I think it's time we start talking to our mountain. I think it's time we start talking to the demons and say, hey, divorce, you're not going to get in my way and you are not going to be the end of my marriage because Jesus is my rock. Hey, hey, uh, I'm not going to be poor. I'm not going to always make poor financial decisions because I'm going to start obeying God and you are not going to be the way of my life and we got to start speaking because when we obey God vouches for us now I know what some of you are thinking you're thinking but Nestor every time that I've tried to obey every time that I've tried to do something that God says my life gets worse things start falling out of control suddenly I get more bills suddenly I get all these things Let me tell you something. When you obey God, your life is not falling out of place. It's falling into place. God is shifting. God is moving. God is removing. And he's changing some things because you're starting to obey. And he's starting to bring good fruit into your life. Amen. Amen. Number two. When I obey God in faith, I will be successful. I, and I know some of you don't like successful, so just put bless. If you like bless, go ahead and use bless, okay? Now, I know that we all want to be blessed. We all want success. And Jehoshaphat told the people, he said, have faith in his prophets. Who's a prophet? Prophets spoke on God's behalf. And here's what Jehoshaphat was saying. Have faith in what God tells you through the godly people that are around you. And you will be successful. Do you want to be successful? Do you want to be blessed? Do you want breakthrough? Just do what God is telling you. Just do it. Stop making excuses. Stop waiting for the kids to grow up. Stop waiting till you have the right job. Stop waiting till you have the car you want. Stop waiting till you get into the school. Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be successful? Do you want your breakthrough? Just do what God says. Just do it. See, seeking God puts you in the right path. Hearing from God would show you the door. But it is obedience that opens that door. And on the other side of obedience is blessings, is success, and it is the breakthrough that we have been asking from God. Look at this next verse. Look at this next verse. Again, the half-brother of Jesus, James. Look at what he says. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do 
What is sass? Why? I think a lot of people miss this, okay? God will bless you for hearing it. God will bless you for memorizing it. God will bless you for understanding it. God will bless you for reposting it. The blessing is in the doing. And when we obey God, we will be blessed. We will be successful. We will find our breakthrough. I didn't get to put this verse in there. But as I was studying about obedience, uh, there's a passage, I believe that it's in Mark, where, where a woman shouts and, and he shouts at Jesus. And he says, he says, blessed is the woman who nursed you and gave you birth. And Mary was blessed. Mary, we could say, had the biggest blessing that any human being could ever have. And look at what Jesus responds. He says, no, 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 no. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. (laughs) You, you, You understand what he said? He said the blessing is in doing it. See, when you obey God, when you obey God, Sometimes God tells you to let go of things, to move on from things, to let certain people go, to change certain habits, to stop doing certain things. And we struggle with that, right? We struggle. I don't want to leave my boyfriend. Well, he can't give you a better one till you leave that one. I don't want to leave those friendships. Let me tell you something. Whenever... God asks you to let go of something, he's got something better. He's got something better. And many of us are not blessed because we haven't been obeying, because God says, when you obey me, I will bless you, I will make you successful, and your breakthrough will come. Trust God. God has never taken anything from my life without replacing it with something better. And the same can be true for you. And then the last thing, last thing, because I got to hurry up. Okay, so hurry up and listen. (laughs) The third thing, when I obey in faith, God will wow me. God will wow me. God is going to surprise me. God is going to amaze me when I obey God. Jehoshaphat in Israel obey, and they went out to meet the enemy. And, and look at what happens. Let's look at a few verses. Verses 22, 24, and 25. At the very moment when they were going out, they began to sing and give praise. I want you to notice something. I wish I had time to preach on this. As they, at the very moment that they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. Let me tell you something. Worship is a battle tool. That's why when you come to church, the enemy wants you to be as dry as an old raisin. Because when you are dry as an old raisin, you are missing out on a battle tool because when we worship, when we praise, God moves in our behalf. And as soon as they started worshiping, God started to work on their behalf. 
Some of you, what you need to do is you need to break out in praise. You need to break out in worship. Stop being, I'm just not like that. Ah, I just don't feel it. Ah, this is not my type. Who cares about the music? Who cares about what you feel? It's about what God is asking you to do. About what you need God to do in your life. That's what, so let's continue reading. Man, I got excited. I wish we would have had a vigil today. So when the army of Judah arrived, okay, at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw was what? Dead bodies on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemies had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipments, clothing and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it. Question, why did God tell them, I'm going to fight for you. This is not your battle, but I still want you to go. You want to know why? Because God had something unexpected for them at the end. They were not expecting provision. They were not expecting riches. They were not expecting a plunder. But God wanted to give them to them. When you obey God, there's things that you're not even asking for that God is going to give you. But that happens when we obey. Church, we got to obey. Our breakthrough is on the other side of obedience. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.